I was muted. Ah, what's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. The Badgers got another commitment. Let's break down the Hank Weber commitment. Plus, a question is uh, Daniel Freetag the best recruit recruiting win Greg Gard has had in his tenure? Plus, your comments, your questions, a live show, wherever you want to take this. Let's go on Wisconsin. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings, as always. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, let's talk about it because once again, for the second time in two days, we have to fire the recruiting cannons. Another one is headed to Madison on Wisconsin. Let's go. A bunch of people in the comments. Rio, uh, as always, good, like good friend of the show. Rio C jumping on says, let's go. Let's talk Hank Weber. So Hank Weber, uh, defensive lineman who, you know, wasn't isn't the highest rated player that Wisconsin is after along the defensive line, but he commits to the Badgers, 6'4", 6'5", uh, 260-pound defensive lineman out of Tennessee, out of Brentwood Academy, Tennessee, um, commits. You know, he, he had a really nice offer list that was starting to build. Offers from North Carolina, Vanderbilt, so you're talking high academic schools, and then some SEC schools are starting to get on him. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Michigan State was in on him, Georgia Tech was in, so that's another high academic school. And others. So from a from an offer standpoint, you like where this is going, right? This was a player that was building up a pretty strong offer list. I like the film. I, I talked about it again. If you're in the Discord, come join us in the Discord. This was a guy who, before he committed, before even he had the visit, I, I said, I, I really like this film. And again, I am an amateur film guy. Take that for what it's worth. But I think he's explosive off the line of scrimmage. I think he's he gets this rep, and I've already seen it thrown around as, ah, oh, this feels like a, a typical Badger lineman, like Ethan Hemer, you know, going back to old school. I think he's got more juice than that. I really do. I think there's some some short area explosiveness, which as a defensive lineman, let's face it, that's what matters, right? The 40 speed, the long distance. I mean, that's, he doesn't have that. He's not a freak athlete. He's not um, Alec James, for example, coming out of high school. He's not... Erasmus James, obviously. He's not that type of athlete, but I think in the short area, he gets off the line of scrimmage really well. He puts offensive tackles kind of on their backs with that. He's good with his hands, and he offers positional versatility. This is a player who he's going to be 280, 290 with a good burst off the line, um, good functional strength. I think he can play inside. I think he can play outside. So somebody that you can slot all across the defensive line. I like the pickup. I really do. I, I get the notion that it it can be when you see some of the other defensive line prospects Wisconsin's on, right? Um, Ume, Stone, among others, there's just four and five-star guys Wisconsin's after. You don't necessarily love seeing the three-star prospect come in. Um, Wes Mullenick said, uh, I want to see some four high four-stars and five-stars. We're not going to compete with Ohio State if this doesn't start happening. I agree. Like The talent has to upgrade. But along the defensive line, you also need numbers, right? Uh, it's something Brian White was our Brian Smith on the show with us talked about. You just need numbers. You need waves upon waves of people on the defensive line. And I, the other thing that I, well, 
the thing with recruiting, right? And it's funny because I fall victim to this as well. I want four stars. I want to I want to go to rivals or on three or two four seven and pull up the Badgers recruiting list. And I want to see four and five star icons next to all of the recruits. Like it gets me pumped up too. Like I get that. I really do. But the difference between a high three star and a low four star player is essentially nothing in the recruiting and like a rivals i don't want to minimize it like stars matter please don't misunderstand my statement stars absolutely matter that's why the best recruiting teams harry are the best teams in college football have all four and five star guys but the difference between a really high three-star type guy which i think uh weber can eventually be and a very low four-star guy isn't that much in my opinion especially on the defensive line where you know, it's a little harder to project along the defensive line and the offensive line, in my opinion. So I like to get up. I like to pick up. I think it's a good one. And the other thing that I would talk about is it's a faith exercise, right? This new staff, it's still an, an, an exercise of faith. And we've talked so much about, do you believe in this staff in terms of player identification, development? And if you do, this is a plan A target. Remember, everybody they're taking a commitment from right now, not everybody that's on a visit, not everybody that they're they're talking to, right? It's different, but everybody that they're taking a commitment from right now is a plan A target for them. That's really important to remember because this staff is in on a lot of defense alignment and there is a lot of time left in this recruiting cycle. And they feel that Weber is a plan A guy. They feel he's a guy they can take whenever they are. It feels like he's a guy they can take immediately because he, they're not going to find enough defense linemen better than him the rest of this cycle. So if you believe in this staff, which I do, by the way, and if you believe in their ability to evaluate and find talent, then I wouldn't necessarily look at this guy as just a three-star. I think he's a three-star with upside. Um, he's He does now, let's be honest too, because I do want to always try to be honest and real on this show. Even if I tend to optimistic, I'm not quite believed with Rajiv, but I, I lean optimistic. I try to look at when I recruit commits, I try to look at the good things and, and project out. He, If we're looking at the totality of the recruit, why is he a three-star? Why is he not a four-star? He doesn't have the frame, right? Some of the other defensive linemen we're on, some of the elite defensive linemen, you're talking a bigger frame, bigger arms, longer arms, more, more long speed, more twitchiness. He doesn't have those things in his toolbox, but he – what he does have is uh, enough to be a really good college football player. I think I, I, um, I like the fact that is there's a lot of clips when you watch his film, he's running plays down from the backside. He has a great motor already pretty strong. Uh, I think you feel very comfortable at the very least. He's going to hold up on rush defense. And again, I really think he has a great first step. I think the quickness is there to be able to be an impactful pass rusher. So I think there's enough here to get excited about, um, He's not the highest upside player, though. So that's a fair statement for anybody saying, I don't think this guy's a ceiling raiser. I would probably agree with that. I do think he is more than a depth piece, though. I think, again, they're not taking people right now that they don't really believe in. And that's that's the crux of why you should get excited about this, in my opinion. They're taking people right now that they're excited about because it's not late in the cycle. They're not trying to fill spots. They're in on a lot of defense alignment, and they still opened the door to Hank Weber and said, yeah, you're in this class. We, we want you desperately because that's what this is right now. These are the plan A targets. Um, all right, let's get some comments here. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Elkin says they're planning to take up around three more defensive linemen, which I'm happy about since we have so many highly rated recruits at defensive line. Yeah, they're going to get numbers here, right? They're going to absolutely get numbers here. Um, 
Justin's in the queue. I can't let you in because I, I would have to alter the graphics, Justin. It's a, we have a new graphics package. I don't think I can actually bring Justin into this. Um, I will try. So Elkin, yeah, they're going to, you need numbers at the spot, right? You need defense alignment at the spot. So the more numbers they can get in here, the better. I think this is a heavy defense line class. They only brought in Jamel Howard last uh, in last cycle. So they definitely need to add bodies there. I agree with you there. Um, let's get some more comments here. Let's take a quick break for the show. I have to come back. We're going to talk about more of your comments. And then is Daniel Freitag Gregard's best recruiting win? Not best player, but best recruiting win. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. I pulled them up. FanDuel is our number one uh, sports book option. It's who we go to for all of our all of our betting needs, and it's the easiest, safest, most secure sports book in the world. Instant payouts, none of that messing around trying to get um, your payouts if you hit your parlay, talking to someone in a different country, any of that. FanDuel instant payouts, incredibly easy to use. And with the NBA playoffs going on right now, take a fast break over to FanDuel, get your no sweat first bet up to twenty five hundred dollars back in cash back. That's $2,500 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Um, again, it's it's the best sports book out there. From the easy use, instant payouts, uh, there's no better place to play than America's number one sports book. And now you can go to FanDuel.com, get your no sweat first bet, FanDuel.com slash locked on, no sweat first bet up to $2,000, $2,500 back. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. I do want to take a second saying, Thank you to everybody tuning into the show. We're going to get to a bunch of your comments today. Uh, really do appreciate it, though, as we continue to build up this community. Go check us out on the Discord. There's a ton of Badger content and talk over there. Um, for everyone listening live, wherever you're going to get this show, thank you so, so much for joining us here. Uh, and let's just keep going. We'll try to bring Justin in here, but I'm not sure how that's going to work with my new graphics package. Um, that's okay. All right, let's 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 jump into um, Daniel. <laughs> so we're going to try to do... Is Daniel Fry take the best recruiting win? Before we jump, Hank Weber is a nice death piece to this defensive line. I like him. I, I really like him. Yeah. I actually uh, like him a lot more than I saw the somebody gave him a comparison to uh who is the guy that just grabbed Henningson. And I was like, you know what? If he turns into a Henningson, that's a nice player for the defensive line, but I think he's gonna have a little more pass rush than that. Henningson was a little bigger. I don't yeah. like I, I don't see Henningson as much, but like I He's a good player, and they're only yeah. taking plan A guys right now. So I, I like the pickup, quite frankly, and I think you need more depth on the defensive line. Um, but if if you are in the, the boat where you're looking for high upside guys, I don't think this is your high upside guy. That's He's not. No, he's never going to be a 12-sack guy or a 10-sack yeah, no. guy. He's, he's, a, he's a five or six max, and that's if they, that's if they use him as a pass rush defensive end. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, we're going to jump into free tag. Uh, I have to continue to – make myself pronounce this correctly because I mispronounced it incorrectly for so long. Um, here's a list of players. Now, again, I'm just asking is who is the best recruiting win, not the best player. So these are all players from the gray guard era. Uh, Nate Reavers was a four-star player out of Minnesota. Johnny Davis was a three or four-star player. Ben Carlson was a high four-star player out of Minnesota. Not a great offer list though, from Ben Carlson. Nolan Winter, four-star player, Iowa, Marquette, Purdue, Minnesota, Xavier, Stanford, Wake. To me, Freitag is, looking at all these players, Freitag is the best recruiting win. Um, top 75 point guard, great offer list. I think he's the best recruiting win in the Grey Guard area, period. I think that's valid. And I think, we have we ever had a top 100 kid before? I don't believe we have. 
so, so Ben Carlson was a borderline top one. He was yeah. like 109. He, so he was, he was right there. Gosh, he had such an underwhelming career. Uh-huh. Yeah, he did. And, and when you watch him, it's like, man, he really seems undersized. I thought he was bigger than what he was. When we got to see him, actually see him on the court, it's like, man, he's a slim 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he's not so, a guy who really has bulk. So Eric Bengston says, I think it's winter for me, but free take is there. I'm just not sure he was a take for all those other schools. So I've went, I've known winter just uh, Eric. Thank you for the comment. I've known winter is number two on my list uh, with Nolan winter's offer list, four star forward. I think Nolan winter is the number two recruiting win of the gray guard era, but I still have free yeah. tag a little higher. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to weigh in on that. Those offers were committable. They were not now because those teams have grabbed other players in the meantime, but when the offer was made, it was a committable offer. I just don't think free tag moved on or jumped on it. Like some of those teams like Baylor would have probably liked him too. And they got other guys, they got other highly raked guys, but I don't think when you, when you have a player like this level, teams don't just turn them away unless they actually have something already in the fold where it's like, all right, sorry, we got somebody that we like either as much or more than you. They, they don't turn away high level top 100 guys just because, you know, nah, never mind. We didn't really mean it. When, when we see offers that are non-committable offers, they're typically teams kind of getting their plan B and C guys set up where they're looking at them like, all right, if things don't work out, we'll keep these guys warm. We're going to give them the offer so at least they know that, hey, we yeah, we see you. We're, we're interested in you. But they don't necessarily put the attention on those players like they do the guys they are really hitting hard. And that's not the way it is with a guy like Free Tag. Yeah. I, I think Winter and Freetag, uh, Eric Benston said they're one or two regardless of order. I agree with that. Um, you know, there's not – there's also – this also points to there's not a ton of incredible recruiting wins in guards era. There's good ones. You know, Stephen Crowell was another good one. Carlson was a good one. Um, Jordan Davis was obviously a good one. But there's not a ton of incredible recruiting wins. So this, this is also speaking to that. Um, there is a great comment up here. Rio C says, what about AJ store? AJ store is the best IMO. I didn't even think about store. Store is um, a great recruiting win for, cause you, whether you're talking <laughs> transfer portal or high school, it's still recruiting. It's yeah. still selling the program. I mean, there's a chance other teams. He has a chance to be a one and done at Wisconsin. Like yeah. he could be here for one year and be, be the NBA. And I think I could, if you look at the physical traits, they're there for him to be that he's got some refining to do, but he's, he's got the size. He's got the athleticism. I could see that. I could see stores being, yeah, I could, I didn't even, to, to be fair, Rio, and thank you for bringing that up. I completely blanked on thinking transfers. Um, I would probably put store ahead of free tag, to be honest. Store is a former five-star recruit, played as a true freshman. Um, got was better. he that high? He was a five-star, I believe. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure. If not, he was a very high four-star. Um, his recruiting pedigree was very high. And he had a lot of suitors on the transfer portal. He had a huge list of, of schools that reached out to him. I think that's a great point. I'm going to go with, I'm going to change my order based on Rio there. I'm going to go AJ store. I think it's a great point. That's, I didn't that's think fair. About it. Cause I don't think any of us thought, saw us getting store either. So <laughs> Gus be- is, Oh, sorry. Um, Eric Bankson said, Gus is three for me. As strong as Yaldon. As strong said, Gus Yaldon had the best offer list out of all of them. The reason I don't have Gus as high. So I have Gus on my list in my top five for what it's worth. But Gus was a Wisconsin fan from originally from Wisconsin. And that that's cute. When I say recruiting win, like the toughest recruiting battle that Greg Guard won is how I framed it. Um, not necessarily the the best 
player that he brought in or the best offer list. And to me, landing a kid from out of state that didn't grow up a Wisconsin fan, I think it is a more difficult battle. That's that's how I framed it in my head. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And hey, Ryan, I just wanted to jump in and, and say hi. I'm going to drop out, okay, you, man? You like the Weber commit, right? I do. I really like it. I, I think that he's a nice, solid piece to it, and I think that he's a guy that could rise a little bit. I agree. So, I look right, brother. forward to seeing what he does. Yep, later, guys. Appreciate it. And by the way, I put the on tweet on Twitter. I put the link out if anybody else wants to jump in. Feel free. Um, let's see. Number, Greg Lincecum, friend of the show, says uh, number one on Gregard's list is Carter Gilmore. That is incorrect, sir. That is that is incorrect. It is not Carter Gilmore. Um, let's keep going here. Bo Dragon says store proved he can score in college. Free tag hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, that, and we're gonna there's there's a comment coming up uh, that I want to get to as well. I do think we are. And I said this in the last show. I love, I love free tag. I love the commitment. I love the pickup. I think we could be getting a little too far ahead of that hype train. Like, it's a great pickup. There are there are a lot of four star point guards who don't work out, right? We've seen AJ Story in a real conference play real minutes and get better as the season went on and score in double digits. So, I think the store has been proven a little bit, as Bo Dragon says, is a is a big deal here. Um, we still have to see with free tag. We don't know for sure yet. Uh, let's get some more of these comments. Um, Bo Dragon also says it's Mordecai's bad passing that's worrying me. Bo, I thought you were all in on football optimism. Um, let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Here come the Badgers, Shell. What's up, Shell? Shell's a fan of the, or a, a big friend of the show as well. Really do appreciate you always jumping in. Um, let's see. A couple more comments here. Jan Volk says, "How many four and five star recruits did Fickle get at Cincinnati?" Fickle needs time to get those four and five star players. He didn't get many at Cincinnati, but it's so hard at Cincinnati, right? It's it's very difficult to to bring that level of talent to that conference or that school. So yeah, I think there needs to be a proof of concept that at Wisconsin. I think people need to see it on the field, and if that happens, then I think that four and five star talent, especially four star talent, could continue coming to Madison. Uh, we got another guy in the lobby. Let's go. Let's get John shoots on the. John, what's up, my friend? Am I, am I still mispronouncing your last name? By the way, you are still mispronouncing my last name. Shuts. No, I don't. I don't. I don't really know where to go with that one, uh, Ryan. Shuts. Hey, no problem. How so, you doing? Good. How the Weber commitment? Um, the Woodward commitment. Where are you at? Are you excited? Or are you just kind of same old, same old? Um, I'm gonna kind of say uh, I. I the Bucky cast dropped a podcast last night and I specifically talked about Hank Weber as one of the guys who was visiting and Hank Weber is just not a dude. He's not going to excite you. There's nothing in his, in his huddle film where I'm going, Oh my God, this, this is a dominant guy. Um, he's just, he's, he's a solid player. He's, he's sort of like a, a, a Tristan Monday type guy. And that's the first name that pops into my head. Um, I, I, you know, it's it's hard to get excited for those guys because you know this is an investment. He's not going to come in year one, and you know win a starter or backup job, unless something crazy happens. But um, you know, <laughs> the, he he could be a solid player in in three or four years, or he could be you know playing at FCS. Mm-hmm. I guess you, you just don't know. I I liked him a little. To be fair, I also like Tristan Monday. I. I... <laughs> I did not, like him. And, um, and from the sound of it, Tristan Monday's having a good <laughs> camp with Arizona State. Yep. But, um, you know, I, 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 I just, I, 
it, it, again, Tristan Monday, when he committed, it was like, nobody was like, oh my gosh, you know, phenomenal. Um, and, you know, Mike Jarvis, I think same, same thing. These are guys who, you know, they, they can come in, they can put on some, they can put on some weight. They've got some quick, some hand strength. You know, it seems like a solid pickup, but I'm not going to go any further than solid because I just, I don't, I haven't seen enough on Hank Weber. I've not. I think where people get excited is they have faith in this staff, right? They think of a staff. They do. And I would say if we know for sure, if they're taking guys in June, that the staff is really high on them. This isn't like if we need to fill out the class thing. And that's where I would, because I think the staff is pretty good developing talent. We've saw it at Cincinnati for the most part. So that's where I like it, but I agree. It's not a ceiling raiser probably. Yeah. This isn't something that, you know, this is a, this is a player that the previous staff was on as well and probably would have gotten, I think as well. Um, it's just, it's not one of those things where you're like, Oh, you know, raise the roof. We got this guy. That being said, like I said before, I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player mm -hmm. far from it. He could wind up being very good, very solid at that defensive end spot, you know, six so four, six, five, probably can get up to 280, 290. Um, he's got the he's got the tools. It's just a question of, you know, do those tools develop? I mean, I can go back classes and classes, you know, Boyd Dietzen was another guy who is sort of in that same sort of realm. We could play so, we could we could play name this badger. Um, yeah, exactly. Um but yeah. So um I'm 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 curious to see how it turns out. I, I I like the fact that they're picking up guys pretty rapidly. Um in succession here. It sounds like you know more is on the way. So Yeah. Mitchell Bilek says, I get why people are fixated on the four and five star players, but all good programs need developmental three stars for depth at the very least, but potentially more. Especially in the defensive line, right? And Mitchell, thank you for the comment. Like defense line, offense line, John, some of these guys, it's hard at those positions to know in high school because they're going up against guys that are much smaller. It's, I don't know. It, it I think at some level you just got to throw bodies at those spots. You have to get good bodies, obviously, but you need numbers. Yeah. And right now Wisconsin doesn't have that. They don't have the, the deep, deep numbers on the defensive line or that overwhelming level of, of skill where, you know, guys fit in that way. Uh, hopefully, you know, he turns into, you know, I think of other undersized guys who wound up in the three, four, like Alec James. I don't know if he's got the athleticism to be an Alec James or a Chikwe Obashi type player, but um, Matt Henningsen is another guy who was, you know, undersized, you know, didn't, wouldn't wow anybody looking at his huddle, but, you know, wound up being a very good player for Wisconsin. So, you know, it could, it could swing either way. You know, like I said, he could be a, a, in two, three years, he could wind up being a solid backup or a, or a starter. Or, you know, he could be he could be somewhere else. And that's what you get when you're in that, you know, the mid-range sort of 5.5, um, uh, I think, on rivals and eight, 85 overall for the 247 composite. Uh, that's what you get with those sorts of guys. Um, it's a coin flip. And yeah. some of them turn out really well. Some of them turn out, you know, not so great. But it's still, it's still a solid get. If for no other reason than they finally punched into Tennessee. And specifically Brentwood Academy. That's that's a big deal. You know, when I think of Tennessee football recruiting for Wisconsin, I always immediately think of Kurt Phillips and his three broken knees. Um, that's where I go. <laughs> that was not Kurt Phillips' fault. It was not. He won, no, like he won a big ten title. I, I listen. I, that's where I go when we talk Tennessee. Um, I want to ask you this because I was talking about uh, Daniel Freetag, whose name I now pronounce correctly. 
Yes, but same here, same here. Uh, is he the best recruiting win in the gray guard era? And just re- not best player, best recruiting win. And I went back and looked. So you're talking Nate Root Reavers, who's a four-star. Nolan Winter was a four-star. Johnny Davis, the in-state three or four-star. Um, ben Carlson was a high four-star player when, when we picked him up. I think free take is the best win. What 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 are we using as the metric? The toughest like, recruiting battle. Toughest recruiting battle to win. Toughest recruiting battle we've won. I would what have to say would, would be would be Nolan Winter. I, uh, I, I, don't, I, I for the life of me, I still don't know how we pried him away from Minnesota. I thought he was like, if any kid from Lakeville was going to go to Minnesota, it was going to be him. Uh, legacy, you know, dad played for the Gophers in their glory years back in the nineties. And um, that was, that to me was like, the, the, wow, Greg Gard really pulled that one off. And, you know, despite all the lack of success, well, we call it lack of success, you know, the ups and downs of the last like eight months. I remember saying earlier, like this year back in, I think it was February, you know, Greg Gard needs to, needs to get on his horse and go. Well, this is a great way to, to get that horse spurred and going. If it's not the most impactful recruitment, because I don't know what the level of competition was like to get free tag. Um, he could have played it out into the summer and seen if he got any more offers. Greg Gard wore him. I don't want to say he wore him down. That has negative connotations, but he stuck with him for two years. Didn't offer any other point guards. Um, you know, it, and that's, that's hard to do because Greg Gard has been caught with, you know, his eggs all in one basket before and had it blow up in his face. This time he took that yeah. strategy and he made it work. And, you know, there's, there's the great debate, you know, is, is free tag. Is he just, uh, was he a better football player than basketball player? You know, does his game translate better to to basketball or to football? I don't really care about that. Wisconsin needs explosive athletes on the floor uh, in basketball, and they've added two in the last couple of months with A.J. Storr and now uh, Daniel Freetag. So if they can keep this up, if they, if they get Con Knipple oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, or Jackson McAndrew or both, um, that would that would be great, but um, you know they got they can keep that running. They've got in the twenty five class, Kai Rogers and Davion Hanna. If they win the Davion Hanna or Con Knipple recruitments, that will be the biggest win of the Greg Gard era. Because the Badgers have yet to land on those really high four star in state players. They've been doing all this in Minnesota, but not in state. Other than Johnny Davis, who was a three star, and they took his brother to help secure that commitment. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, certainly worth it. Um, a couple other ones here. Uh, Aline Ford, Victor Jones. No, it is not Aline Ford. Uh, <laughs> I was, I'm sure that was a joke. He also said Bronson Candy, who was a that was a, a bow. That was a bow. That was a bow, Ryan. Yeah, that was a great. That was a tough battle, though. Like Caning, very, very possible. Or very nearly went to UNC. Um, yep. So here's a question here. Bo Dragon brings it up. Uh, Bo Dragon says, if Guard has all these great recruits and they still suck, is it a time to fire them? Is it a time to fire him then? See, I don't think he sucked though. Like that's the problem. I don't. They made the NIT. And they won the Big Ten regular season title last year. This is this yeah. is the disconnect that I continue to have with Greg Guard. Now, I he's had his issues too. Like I've had my my issues with Greg Guard, but I don't think he's sucked. But now, if he gets these level recruits and he misses the tournament again and again, then yeah, like he you can't continue to miss the main tournament at Wisconsin. If he missed the tournament three years in a row, I'd say he'd probably be gone based on the players that he's brought in. Oh, would like to know if you're joking, by the way, John. 
are you joking? They made the NIT? Like that's an account. <laughs> Just clarifying. So, based on what happened with that team, you know, losing Tyler Wall and Tyler Wall was, well, it wasn't having his greatest season, was the linchpin of that team and they lost him. And that's when the spiral started. And then right after Wall came back, Max Klesman got knocked out. They were running on a bench that had virtually nothing. You can blame guard for that. That's fine. That's partly his fault. But you had a team with like six operable D1 players. Um, you know, they they just barely crawled into the NIT. And then they went on, you know, a three-game win streak that no one thought they could actually pull off. They looked like a dispirited, broken team by the big time of the Big Ten tournament. And he turned it around and he got them to win. And very nearly, if it weren't for another classic Badger offensive meltdown, um, it was just, it was a weird year. Weird years happen. It wasn't a disaster. You know, the, back when uh, they missed all tournaments completely, finished with a losing record, I think that was 2018-19 or right around there. That was a disaster. Yeah. Um, but this was, this was more of a – it was a disappointment. But it wasn't a it wasn't a catastrophe, and they gained some experience through that. They they got through the adversity. He held the team together for the most part. He brought in AJ Store. He's got a decent class coming in of freshmen. He'll have a better bench. Yeah. Um, now, if he misses the tournament again this year, there's going to be all sorts of pressure on him in 2024. This is something where Greg Gard sort of got to keep. He's got to keep building win. Small win upon small win upon small win into bigger wins. And free tag is one of those in AJ store. We're both part of building that, that wall to get them over the top, you know, but he's got to keep, he's got to keep putting bricks in that wall, you know, con nipple um, doing well against a difficult non-conference schedule. All that stuff helps him build up back to where he was a couple of years ago when he was, you know, untouchable. So they're not missing the tournament this year though. I mean, barring crazy injuries, they're not missing the tournament. I, I I wouldn't think so either, but but crazier things have happened, so I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah, Let's cross that bridge when we get to it. There's a, a bunch of, of comments in here as well. Let's see if we can get to um, – How many more people think I'm crazy? That's what uh, I want to know. Probably a couple. Listen, there's, <laughs> there's always a couple. Um, Darren Wyman says, Badgers will be back in the top four of the Big Ten again this year. Oh, by the way, Joe Weimer, you're in the queue. I can see you, but it says your device isn't connected. So if you're trying to – Join into the show. Just disconnect and come back in, Joe. Um, Darren Wyman says uh, they'll be top four in the Big Ten this year. I could see that. Like, it could happen. Yeah, yeah very, happen. very well could happen. Now, that means A.J. Store has to be a hit, right? That means – That means A.J. Store is averaging at least 16 points a game and all other – all the other – what? I don't know about 16. For that, 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 this is going to be a balanced score. In the top four, I, they need some scoring. Uh, they're going to have to have all. I think they're honestly going to have to have four or five or all five starters averaging double-digit points, in or and you know getting some scoring off the bench to get them into the top four of the Big Ten. And people will say, "Well, the Big Ten is still recovering." Illinois retains a lot of retains a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. uh, Michigan State just brought in an all-world recruiting class, Easy. and you know okay. Iowa's no joke. Um, as much as we might think like to joke that they are, they they aren't. Uh, Zach Eady's back at Purdue. Mm -hmm. Rutgers is Rutgers is good. Maryland's on its way back. Don't sit there and, and sleep on this and say, "Ah, oh, the Big Ten's a cakewalk. Wisconsin can do this." They can, but they're gonna they're gonna need some scoring. It's not just they can't just count on holding everybody to to sixty or fewer points and winning those ugly, um, you know, bar brawl games. 
they're going to have to they're going to have to do some scoring this year. Those long scoring droughts have to stop. That's yeah. those are backbreakers. Those, those Jekyll and Hyde games where they're great in the first half and terrible in the second half. Those can't continue. If those continue, he could lose his job yeah. after two after two bad years if they continue to play that sort of game. But that's why you bring in an AJ Store, right? Like AJ Store is that athlete that's going to break a scoring drought. And by the way, like at people. Not everybody gets better the more time they spend in college. Like I, you know, did Brad Davidson ever get a lot better year by year? He he did incrementally, but he, but Connor Asijin is going to get better. Yeah, yeah. like he is going to make a big jump from a freshman to a sophomore sophomore year. He's not going to wear down that slump he had at the end of the year. It's just a freshman wearing down because they asked him to do too much. So he's going to get a lot better, guys. Like this team Definitely. is going to be better next year. You know, the, the backcourt, I think that entire starting five was just gassed by the end of the year. Uh, they had they had very little support. Um, and now, you know, they've, they've switched out um, a number of players. But I think Kamari McGee will probably be better, more serviceable. Uh, can maybe rest Chucky Hepburn a little bit more. John Blackwell's coming in. I don't know if he'll contribute or not. But uh, moving Max Klusman to the bench as your sixth man, that could turn out really well. And then, you know, having Gussie Alden, having Nolan Winter, so you don't have a vacuum behind Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall is going to be back. He's going to be healthy. He's got to be motivated because he had a terrible, terrible Big Ten season. And I don't know that he was good. He, he probably wants to play overseas or in some sort of professional league. He's got to show what he showed at the end of his junior year rather than what he showed at the end of his first senior year. Yeah. Well, I think – putting better pieces around him is going to do that. Like he can't be the focal point, especially a focal point on a, on a, not a healthy, like he wasn't healthy at the nope. end. So, nope. you know, there's like a lot of contributing things, contributing things. Um, but I think you put better weapons around him. You get another year of growth from a siege in store comes in. You have more front court depth with Yaldin, uh, who's going to play right away. Like Yaldin is playing right away. And yep. you had Carter Gilmore playing the five last year for Pete's sake. <laughs> that's on great guard, right? You talked about it. That's that's on great guard for roster construction, but that doesn't work. If you can get Carter Gilmore to give you five minutes when you just need somebody to occupy the opposing uh, center or power forward for a little while, that's great. That's exactly the role Carter Gilmore should be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cannot be your primary backup in the front court. That is a recipe for disaster, and we saw it last year. Yep, and it's not on him. Like, no, that's not the that's not his game. No, it's not I, his game. He was put in a terrible position. The commandant says, as always, my friend, thank you for jumping on the show. I'm gr- not sure guard survives if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament this year, unless crazy injuries wipe out the team. I would mostly agree with that statement. Like, I I don't know if he can miss the tournament again. Uh, I don't know. It depends on how on how they finish and who gets into the tournament. There are circumstances where I could see him surviving one more than, you know, Chris McIntosh saying you got one more chance. Like if he pulls in this good 2024 recruiting class, they're going to give him another shot. Um, you know, there's a lot of talent there. And especially if they can start making inroads on the 25 class, I don't think you just go ahead and fire him um, after two mediocre years if he's pulling in recruits finally. Because it might just be a, a case of, you know, he's finally filling in all those talent gaps that existed from all these other recruiting classes. But that remains to be seen. This is all in the future. But in terms of the original question, Daniel Freetag, this is a big win for, for guard. It's probably, I won't say it's the toughest recruiting battle he won, but it's probably the most consequential one since Johnny Davis. 
That's the only other one I can think of that would have the, the level of consequence that this one did. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. John, my friend, thank you for jumping in, as always, to everybody in the chat. Uh, John just dropped a podcast the other day. John, definitely take a second and let people know where they can find what you're doing, too. Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at the BuckyCast. Um, just look for the BuckyCast. Uh, it's available on Spotify, um, Amazon, uh, Apple. It should be available, you know, wherever you find podcasts. And uh, also, you can send us an email. Uh, we are the BuckyCast43 at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel that we haven't had up in a while because our video, our video editor is, is on a long sabbatical. But uh, that will eventually be back up again. Um, so, yeah, check us out. We're, we're just a fan podcast, and we mix in a little beer drinking along with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, on Wisconsin, everybody, coming up later this week, we got uh, Brian Smith coming back on the show to talk recruiting and a big-time basketball show where we're going to get four people on. You're not going to want to miss that. Dylan's joining that one as well. So a lot of content coming up this week for sure. On Wisconsin, thank you all so much for jumping on the show as always. And we'll talk tomorrow. Peace out, people.